Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Bate. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women, as well as a retired nurse and fierce PCOS advocate. PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and this led me to my mission for empowering women who are like me to start giving up the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can live out your most fierce and best freaking life. Let's get to today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take just a moment to tell you about one of my favorite PCOS tools that's in my toolbox, and that is Supplements by VitaChic. VitaChic is a company that is bringing high-quality supplements to help you out with your PCOS symptoms. If you want to learn more about the company in general or learn more about Samantha, the CEO, then you can definitely scroll down and check out episode 22 as she shares her PCOS story, how she came to building VitaChic, and why high-quality supplementation is so helpful for those of us with PCOS. And she also shares a lot more information about the mild decarol complex. Uh, She talks about the formula, all the benefits of all the added ingredients that are in there, but she hasn't just stopped there. She actually has released berberine, which if you're unfamiliar with it, it is a rival to metformin. So a lot of women tend to love it more because it doesn't have as many side effects. So um, Samantha just has a lot of great options over there at Vita Chic from supplementation to a skincare line and I want to save you money. So use my code LIVEFREE, L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E 20 to receive 20% off your order and get some PCOS tools in your toolbox. Welcome back to Live Free Radio. Today we're going to be diving into gut health. If you have PCOS, there's actually a high chance that you may have some gut issues. Gut issues is just really prevalent among the PCOS community. So we're going to dive in, talk all about it, talk about the ways that you can help support your gut. And I'm doing this with my friend, Jeff Black. Jeff is a nationally recognized health and fitness coach, a public speaker. He also hosts the podcast, The Excellent Cartel, the owner of Iron House Strength and Conditioning. He's a bodybuilder and has an inspiring story to tell. So settle in and let's welcome Jeff to the show. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Um, I'm so glad to have you here. And um, kind of funny, I wanted to introduce you as like this grand gesture, but you're just Jeff today. Is that right? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't go for all that. I'm just a guy who likes to help people get their health back and, and stuff like that. It's pretty just straightforward to me. Yeah, and you're definitely out there doing that. Um, can you kind of like tell us a little bit about you? What's your background? What you do? Oh, well, um, I was born with a rare brittle bone disease known as osteogenesis perfecta. Um, At age eight, I decided on a double dog dare to go down a hill on a skateboard, and and that didn't turn out so well for me. I ended up having to endure uh, 18 surgeries just to walk again, but uh, by my freshman year of high school, I said I would walk into high school, and I did. Um, I was bullied um, towards the the whole year just because I was shorter. I walked with a limp. I was only 95 pounds my freshman year. Um, so, uh, the kids used to break in my locker and write like cripple and short, like on tape and put it on my glasses. And like, they would try oh to trip God. me just, they didn't think I was that way. And when you have a the OI for a lot of us, it's, it's a very like hidden disability. Like you don't see it, we appear normal and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I just got mad and he was, this kid kept calling me cripple and he got up to the math board. And I just walked up there and started hitting him in the face. And I got sent home on uh, suspension along with him. Uh, my mom didn't punish me, which I thought was weird. Um, she was just mostly glad I stuck up for myself. Right, right. And as I was walking through at Kroger's, I found a uh, Flex magazine and just was blown away that people could look like that. And I just had this idea, well, if I could look like it, that, then no one would bully me anymore. And, and down went the road of uh, wow. uh, into bodybuilding. So um, I was doing that and really digging it. And when I was 20... Two, right after 9-11, I got signed on with the Department of Homeland Security, and I worked for the TSA. All those annoying people that tell you to take your shoes off and your laptops out of the bag. <laughs> I was one of them, but I was in a supervisory role, and I used to go around and help uh, the airports throughout the U.S. meet congressional deadlines that Congress had put in place due to the ATSA, which was the Air Transportation Safety Act of 2001. So I did that, and uh, I was from Knoxville, and I found home and 
Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been here since 2004 and, and haven't left it. I, I, I like the city. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's home to me and my family. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I got to the point where my first son was going to be bored that we kind of needed some extra money. And I, at the time, I looked at my wife and I was like, I can't physically stomach working another day at Homeland Security mm-hmm. on more hours. Like that was the lesson to me about what leadership is and isn't. It was all positional leadership. It was all just you had to do what they say, all standard operating procedures, a bunch of BS. And um, at the time, I was training a guy with me part-time at the gym and he, uh, or at Homeland Security, he was on my team. And me and him would go work out. And this this general manager of the training department, Clint, who uh, I owe everything to getting in the fitness industry, kept bugging me to become be a trainer. And I was like, nah, because I, at the time, this is like 2005, uh, four, mm-hmm. 2005, I looked at trainers as douchebags. You know, all they did was try <laughs> to stretch girls in weird positions and right, do right. stupid shit. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> so uh, Chiapetta ended up uh, losing. His last name was Chiapet. We all called him Chiapetta. Or uh, his last name was Chiapetta. We all called him Chiapet. Sorry. That's and uh, he, he was going through divorce. So he joined me and he dropped like 50 pounds in six months. Wow. And um, so finally I was like, you know what? I'll go through an interview. I really liked Clint. And I decided to pick up training part-time. So that's why I went with my hours. So I started in 2005. Um, it was actually May. And I, my first client I ever got, she was a size 12. And she's about five foot two, five three. And she really, really wanted to fit in the size eight piece of lingerie because she was about to go on her 10 year uh, anniversary cruise with her husband and she just wanted to feel sexy again. Right. So I was like, cool. And uh, about 90 days in, um, because that was like back in the day where it was easier for people to lose weight in 90 days than it is now. Um, A lot has changed about that, which we could talk about obviously today in the podcast, but um, she came running in and picked me up and I'm not a little dude. And she's like swinging me around and she was able to fit in and she felt sexy. And at that point I kind of realized that was more what I wanted to do. So I was picking up more and more hours. I was working less and less overtime with Homeland Security. And then finally one day driving uh, on the bus ride into work because we had to be bused from an offsite in, you know, to the airport every morning at uh, Nashville or Nashville airport. I looked at my partner and I said, I'm done. He's like, ah, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And I uh, walked up to HR when they all came in at, you know, eight o'clock. I think she was late that morning. So it pissed me off. I had to like kill half my lunch break because she only had like, oh, no. you know, Don't they worry. were so militant that they, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. about stuff. And uh, I resigned and, and left after five years and decided to uh, do coaching full time. I worked in the, uh, uh, for Gold's Gym, which later became Urban Active Fitness I did that for five and a half years before I decided to jump out on my own. And, you know, so I've been uh, coaching for 15 years. I've been on my own for, for nine and a half in the last over five years. Uh, I've owned a facility here in Nashville, Tennessee, Iron House Strength and Conditioning. Yeah. Um, so I've actually, you know, gone through the, gone through the whole process from, you know, corporate life, like of a, you know, very structured, you had to follow the orders to doing nothing exists other than just what you want to create. Right. So it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, it sounds like it. I didn't realize that you had worked that previous job, but it's just amazing to see where you are now, like the freedom that you have financially, schedule and all of that. You you would have never been able to accomplish that if you kept the corporate job, right? Right. You know, and I tell I was I had this conversation last night uh, with Ashley, uh, my other half, and I was just like, you know, I, I I the only reason I'm not further along than where I would be is if I did, if I had more money. And like, you know, I was talking to Sal Frisella. He came on our podcast yesterday. He's the president of First Form, which is the biggest juggernaut in the supplement mm-hmm. industry. You know, everyone knows First Form. Right. We were talking candidly after we went off air, him and I, and he was like, you know, the more money you accrue, the more good you could do. And I was like, you know, that really stuck with me about it yesterday. I was really thinking about it all day. I was like, you know, it's true. You know, there's not, when you, when you run a business and I don't love my gym, it's a really interesting thing. I, I talk to, I coach a lot of coaches and I work with other gym owners, you know, and consulting and stuff. Uh-huh. I think that the number one sin you can make is, is loving your business. And what I mean by that is I think you get so tied up in loving it. You don't see where it needs to go because right. you're too busy thinking about where you want it to go rather than, you know, your business becomes a living, breathing thing. And, uh, and, you know, I, I don't look at it as financial freedom because I'm always trying to save to do more and create more and 
and all that. But I know what you mean. That there's there's something to be said when you're able to get get paid doing something you actually enjoy showing mm-hmm. up to do rather yeah. than worrying about punching a clock 24 seven. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are like maybe in that corporate position now that are kind of debating on whether coming to the fitness industry or, or, you know, like you're your own limit. I know some people are kind of worried about like working, I guess, on commission, you could say, but at the same time, like if you have your hustle and heart into it, you can go so much further than the corporate job that I had, had me capped out in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was going nowhere else uh, beyond that. Um, so I, definitely relate on like just taking the risk and just showing up and being like, nah, I'm not coming back. (laughs) So that's how it was for me. Um, Before I looked at my partner as I was leaving a few weeks prior, the federal security director. So this is a guy who's making, you know, 185, 200,000 plus a year. Um, Mm -hmm. He was a former bird in the military, a former Lieutenant Colonel. So like he used to joke, he didn't know how to put gas in his car because his privates would do it. But he would sit and have, he understood like how to get along with the, with, he understood like the army, uh-huh. even though you had your top 20%, he understood that the army was representing you when you weren't around. So he would come and have lunch with us. Like he would eat in the lunchroom. He would do a lot of his office work in the computer training rooms that we would have to go do our continuing education stuff in. Mm-hmm. Like he was really down to earth, but <clears throat> one day we were eating and he was, I got passed up for promotion and I asked him why. Cause I, I, I was told I should have gotten it, but he's like, well, you didn't have the military points. And you know, when you serve in the military, they give you an extra five points in all your interviews. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, and be honest with you, man. He's like, it's going to be about another 10 or 15 years before you get to where I think you want to get to. He's like, and you really don't like doing this. He goes, you know, you're a great leader. You got teams love working for you. You know, people used to come in for overtime, but only if they would work my, only if they work with me or my partner, right. just because, you know, we used to really try to take care of them. Uh-huh. he's like you should be doing training and I was like yeah 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 and it was just very impactful the guy who pretty much his whole life is set for him you know talked to little yeah. old me at the time I'm like 24 25 well, I was sorry 26 27 years old <laughs> and I'm like uh you know like huh all right you know and it just stars aligned and and uh it was, it was some of the greatest feedback I ever got but people don't realize that you do have a ceiling and and I consult with a lot of coaches, but a lot of coaches, they try to take advantage of the online space. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they, it's an infinite possibilities. Yes. But they're too busy trying to get clients in France and England and Zimbabwe and everywhere else. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what are you doing like locally? Like, right. you know, cause some of these coaches know their shit that I work with. I'm like, well, what are you doing locally? Are you maximizing your local market? Even though you're an online trainer, you know, some of those trainers locally probably suck. And you, you know, why are you not taking over that? And then number two, most coaches fail on the referral front. Like they don't understand that 80% of your business is going to be built on the back of all your current clients that you get. Mm -hmm. So like after 90, 120 days, you should be asking your clients for referrals. Or if you're not getting any referrals, that probably says that your product is as good as you think it is. Hence hence why I say you shouldn't love your product. You should Mm -hmm. merely look at your product as 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 a means to what you're trying to do, which is ultimately your mission or your vision. Right, right. No, I absolutely agree and, and love that. It's really amazing advice. And I'm just curious over, because you've been coaching for 15 years or and, and training so many different people. Have you found like a certain niche or something that you really love or something that you've really become an expert in? Uh, you know, um, I do really, really well with gym pop, especially females. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been my niche. So like 70% of my clients are all females. Yeah. I, you know, you, you know, this from going through, you know, your, your, your journey with PCOS, mm-hmm. there's so many hormonal disruptions now with women that when you can help them get to feel better or hell, even get a normal period right. or, you know, normal bowels or anything like that, they're just happy. And like I tell my friends, uh, a couple of coaches I work with this, you have some coaches who only want to work with competitors and I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, I work with about five, about 10 competitors. I think I don't try mm-hmm. to work with too many because I demand more of them because I right. compete than I do on my gym pop. But mm-hmm. I was explaining this to a coach who's interested in coming and joining my gym as a trainer in person. I said, you know, the reason I love gym pop and, and my average Joes and Jans is because if you help Miss Jones lose 10, 20 pounds, she's forever going to remember like, you know, Hey, Jeff is the guy that helped me lose 10, 20 pounds. And you all need to go see Jeff. Right. And they forever think about it. your competitors. On the other hand, you're only as good as their last win. Mm-hmm. and you're easily fired you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and the moment and gym pop people they just want someone to believe in them we're in a very interesting place as a society 
more people put people down than they ever do lift them up. And, you know, you know this from coaching people, you know, the number one thing you get is I have no support system. So, you know, they got, they got family and friends that tease them, like you're already skinny enough or blah, blah, blah. And they don't realize like they might be skinny, but you don't know. They're not talking about how they poop or -hmm. how they feel when they get up in the morning or, or their emotional breakdowns they have, or the fact that they can't handle stress and they cry over anything, or they just completely just shut down everything. You don't know all that. People don't tell you all that, but as a coach, you get to know all that. Yeah, because we want to know, we need to know. And that's the thing, like a lot of those things that you just mentioned are things that people are always like, oh, that's, that's too much information. I shouldn't share that or I'm ashamed to share it. We can't talk about it. But in reality, like that's how you get to the nitty gritty of how we can help and, and get you feeling better for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I know that you are just brilliant when it comes to helping women improve their gut health and that's something that I really wanted um, you to share your expertise with us today because women with PCOS have a high prevalence of having gut disruptions Um, you know there's their studies show that there's high prevalence of irritable bowel syndrome as well as a disrupted gut microbiome and I was hoping we can kind of dive into that today if that's cool with you. Sure, totally cool, you know, go ahead and hit me with it. Yeah, yeah, so can you first just, you know, share, I think, I don't, uh, first of all, I don't think the gut gets as much credit as it deserves. (laughs) So, and a lot of people just think, oh, you know, it's just, you know, food going from the mouth to the south. They don't realize like all the other things that the the gut does for our body and our health. Do you care to kind of share with us, like, why is our gut important and what are some of the functions that it provides for us other than just? you know, moving food through the body. So, you know, this is one of those like interesting topics because, you know, the gut is not sexy and yet, you know, science is showing over and over. Like when I deal with my clients, like literally nine out of 10 girls I fix, it's just because I fix their gut and lower their stress. Wow. Like, so, you know, because you have to remember, like most people, this makes no sense to them, but I'm like, look, if you're if your body is stuck, and so you have two different states. So I, won't, I always preface when I talk about gut health with talking about your nervous system. You have your fight or flight response, which is you know your sympathetic nervous system, and then you have your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, or, uh, or as they call feed and breed part of your, uh, your nervous system. But you also have something known as the withdrawal part too, which most people don't even talk about. So you'll see some clients who are just very, very well shot, and they're just very withdrawn no emotions, completely flat. And then when you check their like reverse T3 on the thyroid panel, it's like over like 20 and you know, their body, they just can't handle any stress. Right. Um, but what you start, what mo- how this relates to gut health is if you're stuck in a fight or flight state, your body is shutting down digestion. And so what normally happens is the way the fitness industry has been for, remember earlier I said, you know, it was a lot easier to help girls lose weight right. three months <laughs> right. than it right. was where it's gone now is we have, you know, too many processed foods readily available, right. too much stress where you need quick choices. And then number three, you have a lot of nutrients, which are just not in the soil anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people, they think that supplementing is bad. Like, oh, I don't want to take all these supplements. I'm like, well, cool. I, I guess eat, you know, 10 pounds of broccoli to get what you need. Cause I don't really, <laughs> right. I don't really know what to tell you because I'm just being honest here. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you get stuck in this fight or flight state your body's not properly breaking down food because it's shut it off because it thinks that, you know, it needs to preserve itself for a threat. Like that response was supposed to kick on every so often to help you run from a lion or help you defend your house. If some raiders were coming to take your, it's not meant for chronic, like, like we have evolved so fast and our technology has evolved so rapidly that we can't handle stress like we could. And then you throw in all these 24 day fixes then I'll sprinkle on, you know, your orange theory, your burn boot camps, and mm-hmm. your CrossFits. I personally love the businesses because they help feed my business. Because <laughs> I know when job security. That, yeah, it is. And that's yeah. unfortunate because you know, I, I literally had a girl I just picked up for CrossFit. And the CrossFit coach was like, Well, Jeff knows the stuff, but I think you should get a second opinion or you should just try to work harder. And I'm like, Well, this isn't a work harder problem. So what it is is we as a society, especially women, have got obsessed with the idea. And of, you know, if I go and I burn 800, 900, 1,000 calories, and it's very motivating because it's like social media when you put, put a post up and the likes keep coming yeah. in, you know, you feel great about it. It's so it's a dopamine hit. Yeah. yeah. And you're working out and you're watching, you burn all these calories, 45 minutes to an hour. You're like, oh, hell yeah. And most women go, oh, if I burn 1,000 calories and I only eat 1,000 calories, 
I should lose weight. And I'm like, oh no, it's <laughs> fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. What happens is your gut starts getting off. All that food can't break down. You start losing hydrochloric acid, which helps break food down, which is really great, but it also helps break bacteria down. And then when it starts fermenting, and then you get gut dysbiosis and you get small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And you tend to see SIBO a lot, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, with a lot of people use antibiotics and antacids over and over and over again. Um, for the most part, I usually think it's more gut dysbiosis, and there's a lot of good products you could do. But where the number one thing is, is the stress response and the digestion. So you do these classes, then you hop in your car, you don't do any breathing techniques to chill your body out, and you pick up your phone and then your boss has pissed you off because you were late by five minutes of getting him something he needed, or your kid is, needs to be picked up, or your husband pissed you off, and you're right back in that. You never get a chance to come out of that fight or flight state. Exactly. So the, work, the fitness industry as a whole is behind the dramatic shift in women getting like worse results over time. Because you'll see girls who will do these high intensity workouts and they will start getting fatter and they'll start gaining weight and they can't explain it. You know, so they eat less, which perpetuates the problem. And then they work out more, which perpetuates the problem. And then they're in the cycle and then their hair starts falling out, their sex hormones are destroyed. And the one big thing is this, like when you are in that fight or flight state and your digestion's off, your thyroid's down by almost 20%. And so when these three things start happening, you have a lot of coaches who don't know better. And I, you know, because the industry hasn't really done a good job of teaching coaches how to do better because it's all about how much money you can make, how quickly you can make it mm -hmm. because there's a lot of money. I mean, I know, I know that you can be a part-time coach and make 20, 30 K a year. I watch it all day, right, right? you know, and something you can do for an hour over the weekend, which is really scary when you step back and think about it. <laughs> yeah. But what happens is, is you get these girls, these situations, if they stay there long enough and it begins with the gut, like you will usually see gut symptoms first. By the time that you've got to the gut, there's a good chance you're starting to get into where you're stealing your progesterone, which is a sex hormone. Right. And then once you start that cascade, if you keep going, you will be into hypoadrenalism where you're, basically your adrenals are kaput and your cortisol rhythm is not normal. Your sleep is terrible and everything else. And be honest with you, it's about a one to two year fix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff, I'm really glad that you shared that because you know... Um, a lot of like my my backstory and everything that you just shared that with me and and I will say like as far as like symptoms mine was pretty extreme and like this is gonna I mean we're talking about the gut so this is gonna be a TMI conversation but it got to the oh, point sure. where like I my digestion completely shut down to where I would go you know four or five days I would have to use an enema just to be able to to go to the bathroom and that was just terrible for me and I'm just curious as to like, what are these signs before we even get to that point? Like, what are some of the ways that a woman can be like, oh, wow, like maybe I need to start paying attention to my gut a little bit more? So if you're not pooping every day, at least once a day, that's usually where it starts. It'll be very subtle. And a lot of women will say, oh, it's just my hormones or whatever. I'm like, no, no, you know, it's not that. It's you should be pooping every day if you're eating a lot of volume or you're doing too much output. So you need to kind of look at that. Right. Like if you're doing a thousand calorie output, plus you know your non-exercise adaptive thermogenesis, so you're neat, which is how many steps you're taking, you're fidgeting, your use of hands. If you're just very still and you're not eating enough and you're, you're doing a lot of stuff, you're, your body's gonna burn through that food, so you're not gonna have volume. So you wanna make sure you're doing it. And the other thing is your bowels is how you remove excess estrogen. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women will become estrogen dominant. If you're on birth control, you're already estrogen dominant. And that is a whole nother episode <laughs> for another day because yeah. birth control to me, I'm like, look, the fact is society, if I were to put my 14 year old son on testosterone, I'd be a criminal. But if I True. put, a, if I had a daughter and I put her on birth control at 14 for acne or for periods, it's cool. Yeah. I'm being responsible for her because she's, you know, I'm giving her empowerment so she doesn't get pregnant. Yeah, but it's hormonal. It's hormonal differences. So, to go back to it, what you usually see is you will see like bloating. You'll see gas that's unexplainable, um, almost painful. Like they'll just be like, oh, acid reflux, and the bowels will start going off, and then it'll just get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, I'm sure I know. Like whenever I share about gut health or. Um, you know, making sure that you're having daily bowel movements. Um, I, I get a lot of, you know, pushback because some people are like, yeah, but 
you know, that's all relative. And some people's rhythm is, you know, every other day and that's normal. And I'm like, uh, just because it's consistent and, and that's what you're dealing with all the time doesn't mean that every other day bowel movements are normal or like healthy for you. Like we really want to get that out. Yeah, a hundred percent. You want to remove it because, you know, your body is through the digestion process. It's made to take and absorb nutrients, filter it where it needs to, and your body heals and recovers. If it's sitting in your stomach fermenting, you're not digesting that the nutrients and you don't have like building blocks. So think of it as foundation in house. You don't build a million dollar foundation, a million dollar house on a $10,000 foundation. You just, no smart person would do that. I'm like, cool. So why would you think your body's going to have a body like who you want it to look like, JLo or whatever, when you're giving it shit to work with? It's just not going to happen, you know? Right. And, and I'm like, if your body's not able to detox, what do you think your body's doing? Because it detoxes through sweating, it detoxes through urine, and it detoxes through, you know, you breathing and your bowels. Right. And most people are chronic overbreathing, uh, uh, you know, breathe too much through their mouth. I just got done finishing two books about breathing and I'm all like, <laughs> making sure like, I'm like trying to, I'm going to start taking my mouth shut at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it makes sense because like, yeah. If you so, I read this fascinating article, which I'll go somewhat not political for a minute, but political. I read mm -hmm. this very interesting article that this doctor was talking about. We have a prevalence in our society, you know, this is a coach for get, gut dysbiosis to exist with people, like it does. Majority of overweight people I deal with have either leaky gut or dysbiosis, if not both. Okay, mm -hmm. so you have a pyloric valve, and that is supposed to like keep the bacteria in your stomach, like not let up. Well, the pyloric valve gets wonky in people and the bacteria, like in small intestinal bacteria overgrowth can get over the pyloric valve. So it kind of gets up above your stomach. So when you are exhaling and think about this, because the example was using a mask. So we're in a time in society that we are using masks all the time. So you're breathing out that bacteria. It gets stuck on your mouth on that mask, and then you inhale it back in your lungs. So this guy was saying, don't be surprised if you see an increase in lung infections coming up mm -hmm. over time which could be potentially more dangerous than what we're currently fighting as a society to curl tail at this time, because it goes back to the circle of the problem. The majority of the illnesses that we are seeing, which is causing the panic is caused by people being not taking care of themselves yeah. and expecting quick fixes, expecting medicine to fix them when all they need to do is eat better, go on a damn walk and, mm -hmm. you know, try not to be gluttonous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that was something that I thought about and I've, you know, like you said, it's kind of like a whatever topic currently, but a lot of the issues is because of these like comorbidities of like, where we're not leading healthy lifestyles. And if there's any time in our life to step back and look at your lifestyle and question whether or not you're doing the best that you can to be healthy, like now is the time, like this should be like a mirror, you know, mm -hmm. in front of your face saying, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Um, and I just, even if, you know, I know, I know we all want this to end, but we've got a long stream of things that are going to come like as far as the aftermath. So I could definitely see like where we're going to see some secondary, you know, issues and conditions coming off of what we're all struggling with today um, 100%. For, for the most part. Yeah. Well, when I read, when I read that article and now I've been reading these books on breathing, because I'm an avid reader. I'm joked as known as the librarian of the fitness industry among <laughs> coaches because I read so much. But if you walk through the like uh, Publix for up the street from us, I'll watch people breathe in and out through the, you can watch that. Through their mouth, yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're mouth breathing. And I'm like, oh, that's so not good for you. Because you're getting too much oxygen in, you're not allowing too much carbon dioxide to build. And carbon dioxide is actually not just so much bad, the gas that you're trying to exchange out like we once thought, it actually has a lot to do with metabolic processes. Yeah, so yeah, that's actually over... how we lose a lot of our weight. A lot of people, don't, it's like, I mean, through our, our breathing. Um, so mm -hmm. that, that, that's crazy. That sounds like a really interesting book, but I can imagine it makes you like question how you're breathing all day long. <laughs> well, dude, it made me, it made me question a bunch of stuff because like uh, you, when you breathe through your mouth, you actually alter your gut microbiome in your mouth. That's so you're more inclined crazy. to shift like, like periodontal disease and things like that, gum disease, more inclined to be found among mouth breathers than not nose breathers. Wow. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, yeah, no, that's it was pretty crazy. cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And I'm just curious. So like, you know, you've mentioned a lot of these like really common um, gut issues from, you know, SIBO, dysbiosis, leaky gut. 
do you recommend that like we notice these symptoms and try to take action from there? Is there testing? Because I know a lot of people are, you know, now it's like, what labs do I ask for? What tests should I ask for? Do, is there any that you recommend that we get checked if we have symptoms? So here's what I, I, I always believe you need a full blood work panel at least once or twice a year. Once if you're a male, twice a year if you're female. Um, with women, if you're not on birth control, you need to go on days 19, 20, 21 of your menstrual cycle. And that's just because progesterone should be rising as you're in your luteal phase. So you can see what your progesterone to estradiol ratio is. If you go to your OBGYN or GYN, they will look at you in the face and think you're cross-eyed. And that's how you get a lot of women who will be like, no, 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 my doctor says my labs are normal. I'm like, well, when do you go during your period? Exactly. Well, I went like day six. I'm like, well, no shit, that should look normal. I'm <laughs> like, so, um, but you want to go then. And what I use is I use life extinction. Um, I have this comprehensive weight loss panel on there and it has your estrogen, your testosterone, and all that, but it has your thyroid. You have your free T3, your free T4, your reverse T3 and your TSH. If your reverse T3 is over 15, then you know you're more in a fight or flight state. And at that point when you're working, cause the thyroid, the adrenals and your gut are all like, it's all intertwined. Modern medicine attacks a symptom and only treats it rather than treat the root cause. Exactly. The root cause for the majority of issues actually stem from the gut. So when your gut is off, your thyroid will actually be off by up to 20%, like I said. And mm -hmm. that's because the majority of T4, which is an active form of thyroid, converts to T3, which is your active form of thyroid in your liver. So you have the active fat burning molecule, T3. And if you're stuck in a fight or flight state, your body will actually produce reverse T3. So if your doctor only runs a TSH, which most doctors do, mm -hmm. your body will look very normal, but you don't know if there's a conversion problem going on. So I always ask for the full blood work at least once or twice a year if you're female. Um, and then what I do is, of course, monitoring the bowels, you know, are they, are they loose, are they form, you know, and so forth. So I have like an eight out of 10 rule. So like say over 30 yeah. days, if 80% of your bowel movements are good over a month, then I'm okay with that. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, to try to get uh, neurotic over perfect bowels every day is just impossible <laughs> because you're going to have days that you're stressed. That's just right. going to be normal. You're going to have things that you eat that your body does not agree with and kicks it back out, hence diarrhea. But I think overall, if you're getting 80% of your bowel movements are good, you go from there. You want to look at your stool color, The you know, make sure it's not too dark, make sure it's not like white because that would be really bad and signal yeah, cancer. Yeah. Um, but you want to make sure it's, you know, good. Um, and then the other thing is you could do a, um, a stool test. So there's this product called Viome, V-I-O-N-E. And it's like you take like a Q-tip to like the toilet paper after you wipe and then you okay. mail it off to them. And they'll actually let you know like what your gut microbiome is. That's awesome. And you can go from there. And then in order to get SIBO testing, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, you have to usually do a breath test right. um, to be able to, check, to the, um, check the exchange and how much bacteria is coming out of your out breath. So those are really the only few ways that I've found from coaching to be really efficient other than in-depth questionnaires that I send out to my clients to really understand, are you having too much acid, not enough acid, too much enzyme production, not enough enzyme production, do you have leaky gut, which the majority of people do have leaky gut. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because you eat processed foods. Um, so what you should think of, um, and this will sound interesting, if you blow your nose, I use this as my example I present on gut health. And you, and like you say, you sneeze and you're like, you look at your fingers and like the snots on your fingers and it spreads. It's like a web, like Spider-Man. sounds right. real gross. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's gross. But like snot, it shouldn't, you know, you, if you poke through and push on it enough, you can actually break your finger through it. That's what your gut's like. So your mucosal wall is, your stomach wall is really just mucosal lines, just a bunch of snot. And it's not meant to get permeated. But when you eat processed food, and you eat things that stress your body, you will actually start getting little microscopic tears in your gut wall, which will then allow liposaturides, which is dead bacteria, to leach into your bloodstream, at which point you will see like um, autoimmune things start mm -hmm. happening. Um, Hashimoto's is actually rooted in the gut. Right. And a lot of women are prone to that because they have bad gut health. Um, and Hashimoto's is one of the hardest things to fix. It's and it's a really common autoimmune condition that's, that's connected to PCOS as well, you know, which kind of comes back to like, like I said, there's a lot of studies, um, you know, that are evidence that's showing that, that we already out of the gate tend to have a disruptive gut microbiome, but then you add in, like you said, stress, processed foods, like 
you know, the modern American standard lifestyle. It's just, it's just causing us to get thicker and thicker. Yeah. And you have, um, you know, when you eat processed food, it actually leaches your minerals and vitamins from your mm -hmm. gut to pass it. So your body doesn't get a chance to break it down and actually utilize it. And if you have leaky gut, your body's going to be systematically inflamed. And then if it's inflamed, I promise you, you're not going to burn any body fat. In fact, right. you're going to gain body fat yeah. because your body thinks it's in, in a fight or flight state. So what I do with all my clients is I have them measure their fasted blood glucose level. Um, so you just take what diabetics use, prick your finger, take it a couple of times a week. You want that number to be under 100. If you're over 100, sans bad sleep, because if you sleep less than six hours, you'll be more prone to being insulin resistant. Right. So ladies, if you have a partner or if your life's too stressful, make sure you at least get six, primarily seven, eight hours of sleep a night to recover mm -hmm. your body. Um, but if that number's over 100, you're in a low-grade inflamed state, your body's going to be more inclined to putting on body fat, and you're definitely not going to build muscle or drop weight. It's going to be very, very hard. Now, when you're in your luteal phase, you will see that number rise a little bit. But ultimately, you want that number to be below 100 with optimal being below 90. Yeah. If you're in that spot, like with PCOS, a lot of it's hyperinsulinemia. Mm -hmm. You know, so your body's just got a lot of insulin kicking up. It's got a lot of blood glucose kicking up. And what happens is because of that, it's, it's throwing off your ovarian signals. So your body, the women's body, will actually start producing androgens as like a defense right. mechanism. Mm -hmm. And then once you get down that, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, just like you had mentioned earlier, we're treating, you know, the symptom rather just getting to the root, you know, we're throwing birth control on top of it to, to shut everything off and override it, or we're doing, you know, topical things, whether it's our skin or hair or whatever the case is, and we're mm -hmm. not looking at you know, that nutrition, diet, lifestyle, reducing inflammation, managing blood sugar and supporting our gut. And I know a lot of people um, have even asked me like, well, what, how do I support my gut? What do I do? Do I just take a probiotic? <laughs> and like probiotics are great, but what would you suggest, if, you know, to help us support our gut? What are some of the things that we could be doing? So it depends upon, like I said, questionnaire, but if you know you have like a gut dysbiosis, Okay, there's a good product by my mentor, Jason Theobald, um, which I know you used to work with Vince or still maybe do. Yeah, are you talking about? As well. Yeah, yeah, it. New Ethics. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's a great product. It's called Gut Defender. It helps kill all the, the good and the bad bacteria, but mm -hmm. it's like antibiotics. Um, it's going to kill everything, but it's a natural, holistic way. Now, if you do take that product, you need to take, like their probiotic is designed to survive the Gut Defender because as a anti-fungus uh, fungus based product in there called Saccharomyces boulardii and so if you're ever on antibiotics you want to take Saccharomyces boulardii because it will actually help populate your stomach with good bacteria and this actually cannot be killed by antibiotics or the over-the-counter stuff like oregano which you'll see in some of these products right. so I, I depend upon that but outside of the gut dysbiosis you can take zinc carnosine and that helps seal your gut, gut wall up then you want to take something like quercetin or aloe vera juice, which will help like plug holes into the, into the ceiling that's going on. So think of it as like, if you have a bunch of holes in a wall, uh, you're gonna put the plaster caster over it, you know, seal that wall up and then you're gonna paint it. So the quercetin and the aloe vera is like the paint to it. Um, and then what I recommend for everyone beyond that is glutamine. It's dirt cheap, it helps lower stomach inflammation. You're gonna wanna start at 40 grams. It also is, think about if you have a goldfish tank, um, and your gut microbiome, like the good bacteria is like goldfish, uh, glutamine is like fish food for the good fish in there to help them survive. But it helps bring down inflammation. It also helps improve your immune system. Over 80% of your immune system is located in your stomach. Over 90% of your neurotransmitter, primarily serotonin, which makes you feel good, is mm -hmm. in your stomach. Um, you know, your thyroid primarily converts it, your liver. You want to make sure you're doing a few different things to, to seal that up. Those would be the dirt cheap ones that I would tell everyone to get into along with a good probiotic. Yeah. You could go further down the line. You could say, hey, if you notice like you don't process food. So what I would mean by this is say you ate a piece of pizza and then five hours later you burp and you can still taste that pizza. Odds are you're not having a good transient time for maneuvering, getting food out of your stomach and into your lower part, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. mouth, mouth to south, mouth to you south. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if it still feels like it's kind of in there, then you, you should look at a product like digestive enzymes. And these mm -hmm. just help 
a lot of women think that it helps move food through your stomach. It does not. So what digestive enzymes do is they help break down food. So your body can readily extract what you want out of it, what you need out of it and put it where it needs to. So think of it as like the workers building the great pyramids. It's pretty mm -hmm. much helping you move the, the blocks where it needs to, to build this great thing. If you're looking to help with motility, you want to make sure you want to use something like ginger root. Do not go above 600 milligrams like twice a day and don't go above 600 milligrams per serving. Ginger root will help actually push through food. If you do too much, you will shark yourself. And yeah. that's not comfortable <laughs> when you go to, you're trying to decide if you should let it go or not. Yeah. <laughs> but those are some quick things. I'm a big fan of Metapure. Um, yeah. Nutridine has a product, I can't recall it off name, but it's really good for phase one, phase two detoxification, which is huge. You know, your liver processes everything. It burns your fat. It helps process, you know, things to build your muscle. It helps synthesize your sex hormones. It also endures like your hair chemicals, your shampoos, yeah. your makeup and all that. So you really want to make sure your liver is very, very healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, your liver is the primary site where your thyroid gets converted. So if your reverse T3 is high and you do blood work, you need to treat your liver. You need to make sure you lower your stresses, which... Uh, you know, most women don't understand your body recognizes working out as a stress. It recognizes exactly. cardio as a stress. It recognizes you dieting chronically as a stress. It recognizes your husband as a stress. It doesn't mm -hmm. just go, oh, now th there's times where stress is good. Like working out is good stress, but right. too much of it, along with too many other things, you tilt your allostatic load, which is just a measure of how much stress your body can handle mm -hmm. to one degree and it's over. Now, what I use with a lot of women is uh, a device called the Whoop app. Um, it's a little band you wear and it, what it does is it measures your heart rate variability. So heart rate variability is what this and gut health is what a lot of people usually seek my advice on. I'm actually presenting next week with Vince and Jason and a couple oh, other okay. coaches in Denver. I'm presenting on cortisol, the stress hormone and heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is the, is a mortality, mortality factor. So it helps give insight into, you know, your risk of, of early death or so forth. Right, right. So what it is, is it's a lens in your autonomic nervous system. So think of it as it's your heartbeat. Most people think it goes beat, beat, beat. It's not like that. Every beat's subtly different. And think of it as mm -hmm. code to your computer. So that heartbeat's telling your body, is it more in a fight or flight state or more in a rest and digest? And you want it to be more rest and digest. So you want your heart rate variability to be a good number. And sleep is how you get good heart rate variability, managing your stress. So this is really good insight because if girls are waking up and they're yellow and red all the time, right. that's giving you insight that you shouldn't probably be working out hard as you think, and you should probably be focusing more on recovery. So when I get girls who are trying to fix digestive issues, I will actually do the cardinal sin and pull back their training to three or maybe four days a week, mm -hmm. nothing to failure only walking, no high intensity interval training, and I'll start feeding them up slowly every week. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of women get flipped out. I'm just like, I was going to say, I bet you get some women that are like, ah, you're going to make me gain weight. <laughs> and, and I tell them, I'm like, yeah, that's a possibility, but I can promise you this much. You've been doing what you've been doing for the past two months, right? And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like, has it worked for you? And they're like, well, exactly. no. I'm like, you're with me now, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, cool. Trust me. I promise right. you with you checking in weekly, and as long as you feed it, fill out my forms the way I need you to, because I use a tracker system right. uh, through Google Sheets. As long as you give me all that feedback, I'm able to be able to navigate the waters for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and what you might see, usually what you see with a lot of women, I know you know this, because you've been doing a while. Once you start feeding them up, that scale might not move, but they start looking different. Right. And then they start feeling better. Um, and then that's a win to them. You know, like I tell women, I'm like, why do you care about what you weigh because it's your, that's your relationship to gravity if you jump out of a three-story building. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I promise you, no one walks around public and goes, hmm, but she's 165 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, no one gives a shit. Like, no one does. Yeah, you're right. No one's ever done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a matter of how you look and how you feel that I mm -hmm. say should outweigh that. And if what you like looks back, stares in the mirror at you, and it might be a scale, on, a, a number on the scale that flips you out, so what? You know, right. I actually... I have clients of mine who I have a lot of my clients weigh daily. And the reason they weigh daily is because I'm trying to let them know that that number doesn't mean shit when you look at all the other biofeedbacks. Right. Because you can't put two, three, four pounds of fat on overnight. You know, that's where if you didn't drink your water right, maybe you eat your food too late, maybe all these other things. But I found that that's been very, very successful women as far as breaking, awesome. that, breaking that cycle because they see their scale daily 
And to a lot of women in the beginning, it's a huge like mind fuck. And mm. I'm like, I promise you, when you do a carb cycle, which most women do very well with carbohydrates. So ladies, stop not eating your carbs. Carbohydrates help create serotonin. They help suppress mm -hmm. cortisol. They help facilitate food through your stomach because vegetables and fruits have fiber in them and they help keep your bowels normal. So stop avoiding them. They're, exactly. full of multi, they're full of vitamins and minerals. Everything good. Just because Janice dropped her weight by emitting all that <laughs> stuff doesn't mean it's going to work good for you, Susie. But, you know, and who knows what Janice is going to look like and feel like in six months. Yeah. It, 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 the, no one really thinks about the, the long-term variability when it comes to, like, cutting out these things such as, like, carbohydrates and everything. It's like, I'm, I'm glad it's working for you for these two months. Come, come talk to me in six months, a year from now. Let me yeah. know how you feel then. <laughs> well, you just saw where that guy who was doing intermittent fasting stopped doing it. And we showed it wasn't good. And there's now studies showing out, showing where when you do intermittent fasting for longer, like around that 16 hour mark, it starts impacting your sex hormones. Yeah. So the only time I use intermittent fasting is when a client's like BMI is like obese, morbidly obese. Like, and mm -hmm. ladies, just because you have like an extra 20 pounds you like, doesn't mean you're morbidly obese. Right. You know, there's, there's a definition that like someone whose blood sugar, I had this guy who came to me in five months, almost five months now, He's dropped 50 pounds and I took his blood sugar from 280. Everybody to put him on insulin down to 90. Wow, and I used amazing. intermittent fasting in the beginning because his digestion was so bad. Mm -hmm. And I had to put him on adrenals, which is very, very hard, unusual for a man. Right. And I was able to treat his sex hormones and things like that. And he started making this massive turnaround. Um, but what you will see is um, the need with, with intermittent fasting works great if someone's got digestive issues in the beginning and they've got very, very slow transient time, mm -hmm. um, which means like they just, they don't digest. They still feel right. like bricks in their stomach, but don't do that just to try to lose weight. That will put you in a whole nother problem. And if you end up getting hormone problems, that's an even longer fix than you trying to drop those 10 pounds pretty quick for the beach. And I don't think that most people realize like those things are like tools that we have. They're not mm -hmm. meant to be like sustainable lifelong situations for most people. Great. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not that like, you know, whether it's intermittent fasting or, you know, the other diets like such as keto, whatever, whatever the case is, like, I never say don't do it. You may want to use it for like four to six weeks, depending on what your situation is, and then come back up with, you know, your carbs or calories, whatever the case is for you. It's just like a temporary tool to kind of help you get where you need to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know with nutrition, if you don't care, because I know like we talked a lot about like the processed foods and like the damage it can do on the gut. And I do get this question a lot. Um, and you can, you know, tell me how you feel about it. a lot of times women's like, well, what should I eat? And I say, well, it's really more about what you shouldn't be eating. Like you shouldn't be eating processed foods or foods that are inflammatory to you, whether you have like a food sensitivity or food allergy or those types of things. Um, like I'm more concerned about eliminating the stuff that doesn't help us. What are your thoughts when it comes to nutrition to support the gut? So if they have a, if they have a lot of, inflammation in their gut. I have them do a low FODMAP diet. It's fermentable oligosides, diacides, uh, or monosaturized and polyolefins. So basically stuff that your body, your stomach takes it and it just inflames immediately and just, it does not make you feel good. Um, you could Google low FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P, and it helps pull up, uh, there's a couple of stuff, there's actually a website for them. I think it's like .org or something like that, where it has a list of foods you can and can't eat. Um, now, here's the deal. If a client has issues with binge eating, um, then I will tell them to set their, I do macro counting because I, I do not do fixed meal plans because I think that that's setting clients up for failure. I've been doing this a long time and I found that when I was giving them fixed meal plans, they would tend to break it because they really wanted something. Right. And right. then that really wanting something would lead to it. So if they have binge eating issues, I have them do like a 70-30. So 70% of their diet clean, 30% of it, what they kind of need to keep their binge eating at bay. Right. And the goal is by the end of the month to get to like, uh, you know, like a 75-25 uh, and then like an 80-20. Ultimately, like clients to be about 85-15, 90-10. But you hit the nail on the head. A lot of it's just kind of figuring out what your body agrees with and what it does mm -hmm. not agree with. Like I can't eat certain pizzas now for a cheat meal because I will get really bad heartburn. Wow. Um, unless I take apple cider vinegar, like mm -hmm. neutralize some of the stuff in it. 
Um, and apple cider vinegar is really, really good. Um, it helps you create more acid. So yeah. I'll use that. If you have heartburn, stop reaching for the Prevacid, stop reaching for the Prilosec, and reach for the apple cider vinegar. Um, that will help do that. I mean, I pull off women all the time off of Prevacid and Prilosec. And what most women don't know is there's a greater risk of cancer mm -hmm. on those. And there's a huge increased risk of Alzheimer's. And if nothing scares you more than being 30 years down the road and not knowing like who right? the fuck your family is, I don't know what should scare you or should, because yeah. that scares the shit out of me. I, would, I couldn't imagine waking up every day and being surrounded by strangers. And I just don't see the point of taking a medication that has those side effects, especially when you can do something more holistically that's going to be just as, as effective. <laughs> yeah, I think that somewhere along the way, you know, we as a society got where we got spoiled by the advances in modern technology and modern medicine where that became our cure-all for everything, you know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. been great. But a lot of us aren't chronically sick in a way that we're diseased. A lot of us are chronically sick in a way that we're causing ourselves to have disease. Right. It's two different things. Like our genetics aren't triggered to be towards disease. We're triggering our genetics to have disease. Mm -hmm. Like me, I have a brittle bone disease. So I have to take like vitamin D, vitamin K, and vitamin A for my bone structures right. because they all work synergistically. But most people don't have to do that. But most people are not doing the things they need to do to present their body, prevent their body from getting disease. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the food aspect, it's a low FODMAP. And then once, you know, it's, if you don't have a huge gut health issues in that regard, then I always just tell people like, have fun with your diet, figure yeah. out fun ways to do it, fun recipes. And if it bothers you, just make a note of it. Don't do it again or, or find <laughs> other things, you know, like I got girls who love Quest bars and I've got other girls who, who can't eat them. And that's just mm -hmm. part of it. And I think that that's where we as a society need to get to with dieting. It's not the chicken noodle soup diet. It's not going to be the only lemon juice diet. It's going to be, you know, learning to eat for your body and replenishing exactly. it. Like, like if you're an avid walker and you do yoga a couple times a week, you're probably not going to need some of the same shit that, you know, Mrs. Jones might need who works out with weights four or five right. days a week and does some hit stuff. It's just completely different. But what we tend to do is we tend to say this one diet fits all or this one supplement fits all. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of different scenarios for a lot of different things. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of both kind of statements and I feel like it's really setting the future of us up for a lot of failure. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many women and especially within the PCOS community, there's so many uh, blanket statements on diet and it's, it's hurting women. And there's so many like, women that are just taking supplements because it's being um, advertised as a PCOS supplement, which it, it probably is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need it or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, it, we're just not taking the time to step back and look at ourselves individually. And I think a lot like of what you're saying with nutrition, like that doesn't happen overnight. Noticing what foods affect you, how they affect you. Like this is going to take some time. So it really is like flexing that patience muscle more than anything and enjoy the process of learning. Because once you learn, like how empowering is that? I mean, mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's, that's money right there. <laughs> it, it is. And, and most people, I think it's most people feel embarrassed. You know, it's like I try mm -hmm. to always relate money, uh, nutrition to money. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like, look, you know, you don't have a 401k that's built up to a million dollars over one year. You haven't built up over 30 years. Yeah. Nutrition's a lot of the same way. One week, one day becomes one week, one week becomes one month, one month becomes one year. And, you know, I always ask my clients, they're like, well, I can do this for 24 days. I'm like, cool, what do you do on day 25? And they pause. I'm like, well, I know what you're going to do on day 25. You're going to go reward yourself for what you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can give yourself a little pat on the back. And I promise you that that's a slippery slope because I watch people damned if they do and damned if they don't. Right. With it. You know, like it or not, the biggest industry uh, or the biggest loser really shifted our industry in the beginning because mm -hmm. you would get a lot of people who would come to you because while I was coaching, it was the big thing. You know, oh my God, I want to be like that person, the biggest loser. Mm -hmm. So they would come to you and they'd weigh like a woman weigh 150 pounds. And she'd be so pissed off she didn't drop 20 pounds in a week. And I'm like, Janice, like <laughs> that, that, per, that chick on TV weighed 600 fucking pounds. Yeah. Of course she's going to lose 20 pounds in a week. Right. Like, you know, like you dropping 20 pounds in a week is like 15% of your body weight. Your body's not meant to do that. If it did, we'd all be dead and we would never have survived and evolved. Because uh -huh. like it or not, we are, we are, we are an evolutionary species. And our body wants to keep us alive above all else. It doesn't give a shit if you fit those blue jeans or if you look sexy on the beach. It only cares that you're keeping what's inside your body alive. 
That's and, true. But with the flip of that, the biggest loser has now shown that those kind of diets are the worst ever because now they have over a 70% failure rate. Like if you go look at the research on it, over 70% of people who participate in that show or diets like it wow. have, over, have failed on it or gained back the same amount of weight, if not more. Really? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was that much. You know, the, uh, a friend of mine actually was on that show and lived, lived in Nashville. He's a trainer in Nashville. He's one of the lucky ones that, you know, kept a really good lifestyle. But I, you know, now that you mentioned that, I just know about his story because I know him personally. But I don't really, you don't see the aftermath. You don't see these people two years later or, you know, once they've lost all that weight, you don't see, you don't see them. You don't see that. They don't show that part. <laughs> weight loss. Why would they? <laughs> right. Like, like weight loss is, is very interesting. We think that we do it and it should be instantaneous. And I'm like, well, cool. Well, how do you manage the stress of your kid, your job and all this stuff? Well, you don't you know and then what happens is the nutrition goes to the wayside and people give up on themselves too easy anymore you know they're willing mm -hmm. to take a pass and you know i could really get into a whole bunch of the psychology behind it but like i try to always tell my clients I'm like i only take clients that want to work with me for at least six months now because yeah. i just know how long that's going to take for me to start figuring things out to get them down the right direction mm -hmm. and if they don't want to do it i'm like well that's cool there's gonna be some coach out there who works for you oh for sure I, I, I hope that they treat you good and they know how to fix the issues you're running into. But I think we as a society, we need to start stepping back and looking at our nutrition and our, our, our weight loss and our health and fitness, much like we do money. Wealth doesn't happen overnight unless you're just that lucky winner on the lottery, which is what one in a billion chance you're going to get that. And then half the time you don't even want it because those lives get ruined, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I always try to tell my clients, like, you just got to win the day. It's, you know, everyone wants motivation. I'm like, you don't want motivation. Motivation's fleeting. I I'm promise not you. A motivation person. Yeah, <laughs> I, pr I promise you. More often than not, I, I wake up daily and I sit there because I get up between normally between three fifteen and three thirty. Uh -huh. um, it's just how my body works, and um, I go to bed around seven thirty at night, and I take the first two hours of my day just for myself. I read, I do my morning cardio, I drink coffee. But I can tell you more often than not, I sit in that bed for a minute, and I'm like fuck you know <laughs> I, i'm not this motivated person because i live it daily i have the same struggles as everyone else my mind immediately goes to well i could sit there and just start memorizing my powerpoint i could i could go do this i could go do that but sometimes you know there's nothing selfish with serving yourself and mm -hmm. keeping yourself healthy because if you keep yourself healthy and put yourself first you're gonna be better for everyone else and i always try to tell my women that I'm like, I get it. Little Johnny needs to go to soccer and your husband needs dinner cooked for him and your boss really needs that presentation. But I promise you, if you just get up a little early or find 30 minutes during your lunch break or something to invest in, even a walk or some yoga poses off of YouTube or something, that right. you, do, you will be better off for it and you'll yeah. feel better and you will go further in what you're trying to do. A hundred percent. I was just uh, speaking on a panel last night for a women's health panel and you know that was something that I had even shared too. It's like, you know, we have all of these titles or jobs, you know, whether you're mom, you know, wife, coworker, whatever the case is, we care so much about all these people. It's the reason why we put ourselves on the back burner because we're taking care of them. But what you don't realize is if you keep that up over time, you're not taking care of them even at the best of your ability. You know, if you take care of yourself, you know, yourself first and make sure, I know like mom guilt is something that I hear a lot of women talk about. And I dealt with it briefly whenever I finally was making that transition from doing home workouts and was like, no, I want to go to the gym and start learning how to lift weights years ago. I, I had to figure out a babysitter and, you know, back then it took me a while because I'm like watching YouTube looking at form before I did every <laughs> lift and, you know, like, you know, I was there for a couple hours and, uh. I, I remember struggling with it so much of like, well, I could have just done that workout at home or, you know, I have to ask someone to watch my kids. I was dealing with the mom guilt. And you know what? I wouldn't be where I am today if I let that overcome me. Like I just pushed through it and was like, no, I have to take care of myself. It doesn't mean I, do, I don't love them. It, it, I'm you know fortunate to have people that can help me. So just give myself that time do what I need to do and I can be better for them for that. hundred percent. And hundred percent, you know, I have see, I have CEOs I work with, I've worked with over the years who would want me first thing in the morning. And they're like, I mean, I know what I'm doing on my own. Just, I won't do it unless I pay someone to show up. 
And I always tell everybody, like, you got to do what you got to do to make sure you keep that promise to yourself. So maybe yeah. if it's having a coach, maybe if it's buying that gym membership, maybe if it's, you know, getting a buddy to do that class with you first thing in the morning, like that, you know, pure bar class or something. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. No, that's exactly and, the reason why I've hired uh, Ashley recently. I was like, man, I've been putting myself off for too long. <laughs> like, I need you yeah. to tell me what to do. Because <laughs> it's I, easy. It's I, easy to do. I mean, it's, it's, we've all been there. We, you, you got all these other um, things that are on your plate. And it's really easy to put yourself back. But there's a lot of repercussions to that. You may not see them now, but down the road, they're going to show up. Uh, they do and they always show up in your gut first <laughs> yeah i know i know i am so glad that you shared all of your knowledge with us because i know that that's definitely a topic that women need to hear it needs to be something mm -hmm. that's being addressed the gut is our second brain for a reason it is very important and uh, i'll just do you care to share with everyone like where can we find you where can we connect oh. with you at so I tend to spend my most time on Instagram. So mm -hmm. Jeff Unbreakable Black is how you find me. Um, I tend to, I'm on Facebook as Jeff Black as well. Um, it's a shirtless picture of me, so it should be easy to find. But um, I, tend, <laughs> I tend not to be on there much because it's political season. And I just yeah, I, I, I got rid of mine for a while. <sighs> maybe, maybe I'll be yeah. back next year. I, I do like like the long form dialogue I can have with people. Right, it, right. But I can't handle how people can't handle other viewpoints or opinions or or just if they want to post incorrect stuff. And this goes for, you know, just anything in general. Right. Uh, I tend to comment too much. Uh, but uh, I'm on <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Um, I host the podcast with Jason Theobald and Jeffrey Sue, uh, two other awesome coaches. Uh, it's called The Excellence Cartel. Um, we have a lot of cool guests on, which I'll have to get you on down the road. Um, yeah. And uh, we have, yesterday we just had Sal Frisella, the president of First Form on. Um, we've had uh, author Stephen Pressfield, author of, he actually wrote uh, the book Legend of Bagger Vance, which was a screen, which is a huge movie. Uh -huh. um, he was on there. He talked all about turning pro. We've had Vince on there, all sorts of That's different awesome. stuff. But what we do every week, we do a new episode with either with guests or with ourselves. Um, and then I have my website, relentlessforever.com, uh, where me and my coaches write weekly articles, um, or at least every other week, and just try to get some stuff out there. Uh, and you know, feel free to reach out, connect, give me a follow, and yeah, and tell me. What and you if you're in think. the Nashville Hermitage area, also check out Iron House too. You guys are yeah. back in business, made it through quarantine, and like rocking it out over there, huh? Yeah, well, we survived the tornado. Like it hit. Yeah, it was right before quarantine. Yeah, yeah, it was like March second, March third. I remember dry. I, I left the house first thing in the morning and and was going like a hundred miles down this road. Yeah, it was so dangerous. But I was so concerned because we're twenty four seven that there were people in the gym. And the, right. sure shit, there were. There were two kids in there. And I had snapjacks, oh, and it sounded like these like low flying helicopters were right above the building, but it literally came right to the fence line. So maybe 50 feet from the gym and just spun across the street. Isn't that crazy? And, and it decimated everything on our street except for the gym. Yeah. Um, and the buildings that we're housed in. And then we hit guy with the quarantine. Um, and then the mayor allowed the gyms to open back up in, in, um, at the end of May. And we've been doing good since then. You know, good. I don't think we're still out of the woods. I think that, you know, our country is in a very interesting time. But I can tell you this much. Um, I think to close down anything where people have, uh, I'm not saying that because I, I own this, I own a business that's impacted because I've made sure that my business can survive six months if we were to just get our asses kicked in. Right. Like that's, that's how right. I just run my business. But everyone needs a place to where they could go get some of this energy off. Mm -hmm. And if working out and working out of walking and working out at home were so successful, you wouldn't have people putting on 20, 25 pounds during COVID. And they're still getting, and you're talking about people who are already overweight and already having health issues, putting on more and more weight. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very much a belief that we got to figure out a way to shift the message rather than um, reactive leadership to preventive leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, I have yet to hear one person say, hey, y'all need to be eating this, doing this, take care of yourself, take these supplements, da, da, da. It's always stay home, wear your mask. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm cool. Like, like, you know, that, I, that you want me to do these things, but like, what are some other preventative things? Like, what are we doing to teach the kids how to take better care of themselves? So you rather than just wash their hands. Like, everyone should wash their hands. 
like just, you know, it's just some of that stuff. And, and I think we as a society need to start changing our views. And rather than looking at health and fitness as this daunting thing that sucks and that we're looking for a quick fix, right. we need to understand it's just like our career. It's just like our families. It's just like our financial portfolios. If we're not putting the work into it daily, it's just not going to build itself. No, and no, it's not. Mama, I can't help that. Yeah. And I, I think that over the last several months, like, like I said earlier, like we just are in a position now where you really need to be taking these hard looks at yourself and having those, you know, uncomfortable talks with yourself about, you know, are you doing the best that you can be? Because um, especially for people that live with a chronic condition, it's just going to be bad news bears down the road. It's not going to get better from here. A hundred percent. I agree. And I'm, I, I hopefully, I think the fitness industries, I work with a lot of bright coaches on mentoring. You know, I work with them actually mm-hmm. in their business one-on-one every week with Zoom sessions. I found that they are, you know, they have all the knowledge and the, the industry is starting to shift. It's just a matter of time before, before it shifts to the way it needs to. It so. is, it is. And I credit that to having amazing coaches like you and, you know, it's just, it's really awesome to see that shift from just fitness, like you said, like that mentality of what a trainer and a coach is to where you're really coming in and you're giving people care for their health in a way that they need, in a way that the medical community is not providing. And I think it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch this unfold in the years to come. Yeah. And, you know, I decided it was probably maybe five or six years ago when I had clients, you know, you have females who are crying to you in person that they're doing everything that you're telling them to do from the workouts, to the diets, and they're still not getting results. It it led me down the road of being like, okay, well, what am I missing? And I think coaches need to look at that. Your clients, I promise you, aren't lying to you and hiding themselves in a closet, eating a bag full of McDonald's. Like they're just Mm -hmm. not doing that. Most women, if anything, will tend to undereat. Then they do what they need to do. So it's just having honest conversations with yourself if you're a coach listening on what your skill set is and don't be afraid to reach out to other coaches and collaborate right. and, and get help and learn or find other certifications or attend seminars. It's great for networking. It's great for education. And ultimately the more you invest in yourself and what you learn, especially if you're a client listening, you know, a lady who's just looking to learn better about her health and fitness, the more you invest in this kind of stuff, like networking with coaches, picking their brain, reading books, going to seminars, mm-hmm. the better equipped we're all going to be to turn the industry around the way it needs to, to perhaps make the, the next mm-hmm. generation of kids who come up be better with not only what they see in the mirror, but their understanding of what they put in their body to get to the longevity aspect that we all want for our children. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, Jeff, I thank you so much for being here. Thank I'm going to put all of your links and everything in the show notes. So everyone, thank if you. you have questions, reach out to Jeff. Hey, thank you so much for having me there. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. I hope to come back on someday. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on Live Free Radio. If you have any questions or would like to be featured here on the show, email me at Letitia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you are enjoying the episodes and the podcast, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. This will help women like you find the podcast so that they too can be empowered and feel supported in this community.